You are tuning into another episode of Hey Mama, where mamas get real, honest, juicy, vulnerable. Juicy. Juicy. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> these stories can be juicy, <laughs> including us. So we're also getting vulnerable, more honest and juicy. And this is the final episode of season two, uh, talking about us coming together, staying together, and we're going to figure out what this um, episode is going to be called after after we do the episode, after the fact. We left uh, the previous episode about uh, what nearly didn't happen and how we nearly didn't make it. Yes. And we're going to go from coming back from Malaysia in the house that we bought, uh, coming back from Malaysia, 2019, and we kind of were like, ooh, we're, we're not going to um, have coaches anymore. We worked really hard on our bodies, on our business, um, and on our family. And uh, then we were planning on, or we did, we went up for a holiday in March 2020 with our family, like my side of the family, um, for big events that yeah. uh, Mary turned 10 yep. and Mum um, turned 60 and my stepdad turned 70. So we all went up to the Gold Coast for a big holiday and I was in complete denial of COVID. Right. So we were in Sydney Airport as the news broke about COVID uh, about seven days and it started to be a little bit of a ghost town. But by the time we got back, it was... Well, we actually, yeah, we went to the Gold Coast and the whole COVID was occurring here. But before that, I was was complete denial. Yeah, I mean Australia. So before that, I was in complete denial. Like, it won't touch us. And I know I've spoken to many people that have been like that as well. Oh, it's over there. That's bad. Um, It won't touch us. We weren't going to lockdown when there was talks of lockdown as well. And so we did the Gold Coast and then it was all coming to a head. Yep. And we we just got back to Dubbo and they announced the lockdown for three months or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was taking it very, uh, like I had a bit of a sense of humour, sense of humour about it. I was like, yeah, cool. I've partied in Malaysia. I've partied up at the Gold Coast. I'm ready to, to be locked down yeah. and, and be antisocial for a while. <laughs> um, but we don't understand or we, we don't grasp the effects that it's actually going to have on you and so it's until it's yeah until it's happening and in our it once what's happening and then in my insight so yeah. we're in the lockdown and there's a lot of time on your hands there's a lot where our business um had to be of course fully online again yep. anyway we had to sort of ring in the vent because we were meeting up with some clients once a month anyway with my own instead of program yeah so we had to then go live, do workouts with them, try and still keep them interested, still try and keep them uh, goal orientated and, and health orientated with everything that was happening. Yeah, because it, that's the thing, you know, you get locked down and all of a sudden no one sees you. You're two piece to thing, so they can't get it Get back for goes, but and a big thing that came out of COVID was the mental health and me connection between movement and its wealth. So. Definitely, and, and having goals and having something to work towards. Yeah, even though it was so hard 
for us to even get a workout. Like we we would get a workout in, but it wasn't as effective as when we were going to the gym, right? And with my new TRX, we'd sold all, pretty much sold all our equipment where we didn't have a gym anymore. So we were just sort of like doing the fire kind of functional fire kind of workouts with the TRX bands and body weight exercises and it really does drag you down heavily when you have you don't have that sort of freedom yeah and, and I remember we going a little bit um you know with the, the undesirables down the street we hadn't seen such people for weeks and weren't allowed to socialize but then I was outside one day and the undesirables you know <laughs> that were off their hen on something yeah. and I got excited and I was yeah, walking up the street and I got excited and I was nearly going to shout out hi and have a conversation with them yeah. so I give for, for context <laughs> we had a pub up one end of the road and then we had the uh, block of units down the end of the road where we had the undesirables and uh, that was like a bit of a highway but the pub the pub would have been locked down well, yeah yeah the yeah the yeah but also, yeah, they had to have the takeaway as well yeah. at some stage. But anyway, I just thought it was funny that I was like somebody that I wouldn't normally approach and we sort of walk past each other and not really paid any attention. I, I was so isolated from um, socialization that I was like, hey, I was nearly going to start a conversation with them. Uh, so in, the, in that zone of COVID trying to um, school, post-school, the yeah. kids, and all that kind of thing, and you trying to keep the business alive and me doing the best that I could within the business as well. Uh, I started to really seek, where are we going? And I know a lot of people could relate that you get some sort of deep thoughts and, and uh, things that go into your head. So I started, started to question like, what's gonna happen after this? And I really always wanted uh, more opportunities. Um, I felt like a bit of a caged lion. Uh, and like living in Dubbo in a, in a small country town, that's just not my gen, it's just not me. Like I just explained that story before, I'm very social, I'm very, you know, YOLO. Yeah, of. we both found our way to Dubbo, but we didn't belong. Never belonged there, no, we never felt like home, right? Yeah. So I always, and I, 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 I've got a lot of, um, I learned a lot of faith uh, and, and, and then I feel that Mary has a lot of talents and she was getting right into her dancing and that was another hard thing too, to not be able to, them not be able to do their hobbies. Yeah. So I started thinking about where I wanted Mary to go to high school because I didn't want her and I'm going to high school in a small town where the opportunity is limited. That's us, that's the way we think, yep. they're our values. So I started researching um, creative schools and performing arts schools in Queensland. I always wanted to get back home. Um, I was born in Brisbane and I had always had such a tie. A lot of family members were here. So it was all, I always felt drawn to the Sunshine State. Yeah. And, and I... Yeah, for me, I suppose it was always a holiday place to go. So living up there was yeah, really exciting. The world. The thought of it, yeah, that's right. And the, the thought of adventure and freedom and, yep. um, you know, doing what we've always said we were going to do. Yep. So I started researching um, high schools. I found a high school that I really wanted. I thought this is going to be a great opportunity for Miri. And we always, in the back of our heads, minds, taught shower chats, whatever, I'd never actually seen, I could never actually visualize Bogey Dolly to school in Dubbo either. It was always, uh, you know, a kind of a thing in, in me that 
uh, she would go somewhere else. We yeah. could be somewhere else by the time she went to school. Yep. Because it lined up with how Miri was going to class. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a perfect kind of segue from that stage of life where it was one at home and one at primary school to then all right, the big girls going off high school or the little girls started school. We did with somewhere fresh. Yeah, we met us right. On this next adventure. And so I found a school that I thought um, would be excellent and I didn't say it, started manifesting it, started visualising it, started talking about it, getting together a visual arts uh, fold-up for Biri just in case she had to be, uh, she had to do a scholarship to, to make it in there. So then on the other side of it, what came up for you? Well, I, I remember looking at the school. And you did with. And you were like, and okay, I was like, come into that. That's a great idea, babe. How the hell are we going to get there? <laughs> so, Logical. So, yeah, uh, we were Faith over here and then Logic over here. And I kind of just brushed it off. And it was brushing it off, not in a way of, oh, it's never going to happen. Yeah. But it's just a not right now thing. So. Well, you're just questioning how. You're just being a logical. Yeah. But I definitely was like, all right, we'll put, put it in the bag. And, you know, I was being a realist. There's probably hundreds of kids that want to get to school. Uh, there's probably you know, hundreds of applications for scholarships. What would they gain from having uh, someone from Dubbo come up, right? So that's the way I was here. Probably in it, yeah. And then as time went on, we kind of put it in the back of the line. Because there was a quite oh, a gap. still there, it's still sitting there. There was a gap because yeah. Nuri had still had one more year of, a year six to go, one more year of primary school to go yeah. in that 2020. So it was, she was still in year five. Yeah, far out. So she would have, yeah, she was going to be. That's a long time. Yeah. So. So COVID kind of came out, like we got out a lot. Got out a lot. Long down. And it was back into that kind of, all right, life's not the same. But this is what it is, and as as we came out to that stage, a uh, little ad came up on my Facebook. It was really weird that it came up, but I saw it and I thought, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I was standing in our bedroom. Hey, did he said, "Look at this." Yeah, I was standing in the bedroom at the time. I was standing between the bed and the mirror. If you can visualize where I was standing, yeah, I was standing in between the bed and the mirror, and I saw this. And come up, I was like looking for a part time first woman trainer in Brisbane, and it was with an old colleague. So I quickly just typed in my application, and I knew as soon as they'd get it, it there'd be a, a bit of a laugh and a whoa, Peter Brown just applied, which which was an old Solly, yeah, someone that he'd known yeah. for a while. So this part time position comes up, they're of course like, yes, cool, we want you up here, come up. So I come up. For a little stick about 14 days. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah. So I said, I've come up for 14 days. And while all of this is happening, my plan was to just sleep on the gym floor and uh, not have, like, not worry about call of accommodation. Uh, and, but then a mate of a previous client who turned into a mate, a really good mate, came into the gym one day and I'm at the front desk, Megan's off having the chat to give and then he comes over, or oh, was it me that came over? Yeah, he's, he's he comes over and he with me. So I was like, whoa, blown away, cool. So all of this stuff is falling. The lining, yeah. No. I stay with uh, my mate and we uh, 
I check out Brisbane, I check out Brisbane, I check out the job. You've basically been falling in love with Brisbane there. Fall in love with Brisbane at that time. And it's at the same time that I'm going around, I'm, I'm looking at West End and I had no idea what the hell that was. Uh, and yeah, I, I went out to uh, the gym that was in Bowen Hills and it was all very centrally located. It was beautiful. Just the lifestyle and I could really envision us uh, mate of my uh, mate, uh, mate and I were, like we went for a run around South Bank and I saw the community garden man I saw the beach with the with the beach just came into view I was like holy crap this is like I've been in t- I've lived in Western Sydney I've lived in Adelaide and I lived in Dubbo I've never seen anything like it if you've ever seen Brisbane South Bank uh, it's like this man-made beach in the middle of a city city so that was really cool to see uh, could really visualize us living here but I have to come back to Dubbo. <laughs> so I came back to Dubbo and for a few months there, nothing happens. Well, it was just um, it was like, in, in, how, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to make yeah. this work? Um, how, how is it going to happen? Yeah. Right? But um, I had like so much, again, the action without thinking, the action without thought that something is happening, something is moving. And we went up for a holiday at the end of the year yep. to spend New Year's yeah yeah yep. um and just have uh, have a bit of a break and visual and also visualize and see if this was what we could do leave showed mary the school that she could potentially be going to um yeah the opportunity had presented itself so by the time we got to valentine's day february uh, it was time to kind of bite the bullet and say yep yeah, we gotta make a move on this because he was waiting for you as well. They've been pushed back. So I came up here in October. I didn't get that. I didn't get back until February. Another couple of months there where it was just hit limbo. And I remember having to just go, all right, I'm going to jump off this quick. <laughs> it was after Valentine's Day. Do you remember we had a bit of a wild, yeah, we had a wild, wild. Um, night with a bunch of friends or day day turned into mine yeah. <laughs> and you yeah you did just we just had to I remember sitting on the couch with you and I'm saying to you okay we're, what are you gonna do what's what are we gonna do to move yeah because I kept second guessing I kept course it's hard I kept not wanting to leave my family because we also didn't it was up in the air of when we would be able to join you yes yes because at the time that no one had, no one had been told that that's told our play was, was just you and I. So we've been watching, there are other stakeholders in that, in that decision, which was tough, obviously. Other stakeholders was just like a no, this yes. wasn't happening. Uh, so we had to just do it and see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was in, another one of those moments. In February, uh, took the car, put everything in the car and uh, just, Winged it, so a colleague of mine uh, let me stay as a gym. Like indefinitely. And I stayed for a total of 12 weeks. That was a tough talk. So I was living up in this mezzanine, converted into an office space on a little sofa lounge, and not even the sofa lounge, uh, eventually just the cushion off it. Because <laughs> uh, it didn't fold out, that's right. And then for about yeah, 12 weeks, it was me sleeping in the sleeping bag, getting up in the morning, going downstairs. 
doing a six, no, 5.30 a.m. shift to about 8.30, jumping on my bike, going down to having coffee by the, by the river and just working my ass off to try and get uh, this fit my method going at the same time. So I was working for Prestige Fit, trying to get fit my method really coming along. And also uh, started to look for, I, I started to look for apartments around six week mark, I think, a four or six week mark. And that, that I, uh, at that point, the car, I had to take it back because you need the car. And came back up, flew up. Well, you drove, you surprised us because it was, Brisbane was going into a lockout. It was around Easter. Yes. And you, st- you were trying to surprise them. Yes. You can't surprise them. <laughs> Very rarely do you catch me on that. But you, you drove down um, in the car to get away from the lockdown so you could come and visit for Easter yes. and return the car and you were going to fly back on it. Yeah, so that's that's what happened there. That was nice, like, to come back with a surprise. You surprised Lodi and that beautiful, beautiful video of you surprising Lodi yes. and, oh, my goodness, she missed her dad. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah, so that was, that was a really gut-wrenching period. I started looking for the apartment and I was riding in and out of uh, West End from Bald Hills, which was about a 5k trip there and back. It was all that twice a day to just see all the apartments. And You're doing night shift as well, though, at the gym as well. Yeah, no, up, eight, up at 8 p.m. Yep, doing that crazy stuff that you do when you, you just get shit done. <laughs> uh, and I'd met some really cool guys, and I met this one Englishman. And it did. Before you that, tell that story though, because you get you uh, we were having some issues on how hard it was yeah. being apart. Yeah. And this, then you tried to do a surprise. I was planning your thirtieth birthday. Yes. Working mate. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, like what happened before then? Before that story. I had. What was happening for you? Yeah, I, I thought. Uh, I, I was up here missing my family and missing my, uh, not my wife yet, <laughs> missing my fiance, missing my baby mother. And instead of spending money on bringing them up and doing something for me for my birthday, I just thought, why not? We've been talking about it for years. Years. We didn't have family that we wanted to invite to this particular event. Oh, we were tossing that, and like, it was so hard. Like, it was all nothing. It was complicated. But you get along, yeah. So, we, you know, we just decided to eat alone. And I just decided to alone. Yeah, you just decided. I, I contacted the Brisbane Elopers. Old Coastal Electric was, was the company that I, I contacted. Or was it that? Yeah, it was. And that was the initial contact that I made. And then from there, I told you. Well, you were going to surprise you. You were going to surprise me. <laughs> and here's the thing, guys. Is he was he he had sent out this email, contact somebody, and yeah. said, I, instead, like my 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 fiance wants to. Uh, surprise me for my 30th birthday but I want to surprise her back by getting married and you had newly speaking back and forth and then we were having a fight one night and you sent that to me and said this is what I've been trying to plan 
And I was like, I'm so glad you told me. <laughs> because how was that going to work? <laughs> <laughs> Even how was I going to pull out? Oh, yeah. How, they were like, how? And, and, and this is, you know, as every woman knows, if you're going to do a wedding or an elopement, the woman needs to say. Yeah. And I, going backwards, I'd already picked out a dress. We never, we didn't know when, who, we, when. We picked the dress out. Like, we just decided to go for a weekend in Sydney, just the two of us. And I did that. Yeah, when it opened up and I went and bought this wedding dress because we thought, it's going to happen one day. I don't even know why. And we decided, I went and got, got this wedding dress and then just was was just uh, being held at mum's. Yep. Yeah. And so then the wedding dress was already there, ready to go. And then you did that. And then you did that. Then you told me, I was like, well, oh, I'm so glad. That's a whole bag. And then I was like, okay, I'll chat with these people. Um, no, they're not the right ones. <laughs> no, they're not the right ones. So I did my research and I booked this thing with Gold Coast Elopements. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that was good. That and was there great. was sort of got us, and I, and I understand your reasoning because you said we needed, we were so down in the dumps and, you know, I had lobes crying every day how much she missed you. And yeah. Our family just wasn't the same. Like, Miri just does, obviously doesn't show her emotions as much as Yoloki, but she was still affected by it. A yeah. piece of her life was missing as well. A piece of the puzzle was missing. And so it was really tough. Yeah. And so we had to have something that we could look forward to and be happy about. Yeah, and it makes so much sense that we gravitated towards that because we are that type of couple that needs to have milestones these to achieve things yeah to know where we're going know where we're going you know that at that point there was so much uncertainty i wanted some kind of thing and uncertainty is everyone knows for COVID how how gut-wrenching how it flares your anxiety up everybody has caught some sort of anxiety of some of some sort sure for all this uncertainty so we had to have our plan yeah you know because this plan was to move to brisbane but something was getting in the way of that plan so we had to have some other plan to go no we can take control of this yeah. we can't control this right now but we can control this yeah. and it did make us you know look forward this was a surprise elopement as well we didn't tell anybody um apart from my mum will have to help us yeah um with plans, yep. arrangements and things, but we decided to just have the four of us Eat. Uh, get married. Yep. Yeah. So we were planning that. We are planning that. Then you can go to your... And then I decided to go out for a night of just drinks with with uh, some friends that I'd met. Blow off, so seeing off, yeah, working hard, it's emotionally drinking. Yeah, and I remember getting up on a Saturday, Sunday, and just having an empty gym to itself. And it was freaking lonely. It was so lonely. So, you know, I could only FaceTime you guys so much. Uh, and I would spend all the hours just, you know, doing nothing uh, just to keep the, the day going. And that's when I went out for about a couple of drinks with the boys and it turned into all than a couple of drinks. And actually turned into a very flow. Drinks were flowing. Let's just say that. And I, my, my, both of the time, died. 
uh, and I didn't care to message you, which in hindsight, I shouldn't just bloody set the text, but I suppose because everything was started to move smoothly again, I just became complacent, which is something that I do. I, I, I just became complacent and uh, the night went wild. Uh, we went to a couple of different locations and then my phone died uh, and, and I, I stumbled home without them. Uh, and I stumbled home without them a fair way. <laughs> uh, and then I went upstairs and just blacked out, went, went to sleep. I uh, didn't wake up till 12 p.m. on our anniversary day. Yeah, I couldn't get in contact. Couldn't get in contact with me. So how'd that feel? Oh, so it was a gut-wrenching, again, feeling uh, in, in the way that I couldn't get in contact with you. I worry about you. Like I said in the last podcast, I'm fiercely protective over you as well. And it's also unlike, it's unlike, it's unlike behaviour. <laughs> um, it's not common behaviour with you. So then that's why I worried. And that's why I worried that I, that day that I couldn't get in contact with you. I knew you went out and I told you to have a good time um, and, you know, let your hair down and uh, because of everything that was going on. But I also thought that you would make sure you let me know that you were at home and safe. Yep. You didn't, you went to the gym and you passed out and I had to contact you the boss and say, can you just, um, yeah, can you just make sure that, that he's alive and then he, that he got home okay? And that was on our eight year anniversary that you were yeah, into that. And uh, so sh- things just blew up there. And now uh, everyone was, I remember Mary, I was crying and worrying, uh, worrying about you. And Mary was sort of like, mom, you're overreacting, like I'm sure he's fine. And then, yeah, of course, like any, fe- I don't know what any female, but I am going to say like a lot of females, you, you know, you want to, you want to be like, oh my God, thank you, thank goodness you're safe, but you also want to like slack them for making you go through those things as well. In this time of you being away and living up, up in Brisbane and the uncertainty, uncertainty, the missing piece of our puzzle in our, in our house, there was a mouse plague in the Dubbo. Like anything and everything that could possibly go wrong while you were away happened. And this particular event was the mouse plague. We had been okay. Like our house seemed to avoid it. And I was like, oh, it must be because I'm nice and clean. And, you know, I make sure that I thought that there was plug holes and everything. And then it finally hit us. We hadn't escaped the mouse plague. And I had to deal with that on my own. And I felt it was so violating that these mice were in our house and we could hear them. Oh, and while you went up for those two weeks, we we got a cat. Remember, you went up, you went up to Bristol for two weeks back in October and I decided to get a cat. And so we had this cat, so she served really well, but at the same time it was very scary because she was, one morning I woke up and I had the door shut and um, I had the girls in the bedroom with me, I could hear these mollies. I was like, I thought someone had broken into the house and I was panicking and also that my heart was going a million miles an hour 
and thinking about plans on how what's going to happen here, how can we escape, or what am I going to do if there is somebody in the house? And then I don't know whether I opened the door or what I ended up doing, but it was just the cat got <laughs> a mouse and was having a good old time with it. Yeah. And it was making these these types of noises. But there were times there was when I found the the mouse, the mice in the house, I was I had put the cat in it was because it was in the laundry where the the mouse the mice were and and had gotten in from the garage. So they'd obviously gotten into the garage and been there from the while, but I hadn't noticed. And then they'd somehow gotten in through some little gravel, yeah, in the because they were just getting in everywhere and anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. So they'd gotten into the laundry. I put the cat in the laundry and got our table, our dining room table, and put it up in the doorway because there was no door to close off the laundry. So this is the state of the house. We're putting that up there, like sitting a mat down where the dining room table was, and I was like, "Girls, we don't, we don't have a tape. <laughs> That's being used to block the mice out. I want the cat to get into the mice." So I also had to set traps. I also had to kill a mouse one morning for when it had been being set of the sticky traps and it was just oh I was just awful and I, I was having multiple breakdowns to you just going like what else what else do you can happen yeah and uh so then in the meantime but I got rid of the I got rid of the mice you know and you know had to be the soldier and soldier on I put the traps up I got somebody out to check make sure there wasn't rats in the roof um Plunged the holes, all that kind of thing. The, the the mice were no longer in the house. And so then we came on it and got married. And right, so I down there and above it was perfect. Big time. We, I'd moved in, uh, had, had no electricity for first couple days, but I had a comfy bed, so that was... Cheer. Yeah. Oh, so it was so nice. I, I remember that first night's sleep on a mattress before it is covered. Animals, please. It was a step up from the futile yeah. couches. Well, at that stage, I was I was on a camping bed, like one of those camping beds with the pillows on top of the camping bed, <laughs> even inside my my sleeping bag. So yes, it was a big big step up in the world. Slept on this mattress, and then I was like, "Cool, all right, let's get this house ready for them when they were about to come up for this wedding." And that was exciting, but you know to show you our new home. I got to also get married to you, which is beautiful. On your 30th birthday. Yes. Such yeah. a milestone. Uh, ceremony, some lovely photos, which we'll uh, have to put up on, on the video version of this podcast to show you just the magical moment that had been created out of all of this turmoil, out of all this uncertainty, out of all of this heart. Really bad at most was the four of us yeah. together. Yeah. Under the fairy trees. And I felt proud to have you now my wife, I was your husband and we were living, we were almost living up here in Brisbane. You turned around. It tastes it. We're back to Dubbo and told me that Luke cried the whole way home. Oh, we all did, but uh, Logie and Mary were both crying. Yeah, yeah both crying on the plane. 
not even be loved the place, even though they only had two mattresses on the about the bedroom floor as well. Loved the place, loved the vibe. Didn't want to leave you. Yep. And yeah, you sent me flowers when I arrived back home and said, um, "This that's the last time I'm going to be saying goodbye to you." Yeah. And then I came down eight days later to come get you. That would hit me girls. So we, by that point, uh, have to. Unchecked out everywhere. Checked out, yeah. Yeah, mentally I checked out from Dubbo everywhere. Yeah. So we drove, did the long drive up and. In the middle of the night. Yeah, moved to Frisbane. Did we? We got home. We got yeah, I remember the Brisbane City Lights coming over the horizon, uh, over the crest, to, and it was about nine p.m. at night, and we'd be, you know, we finally were like, oh wow, it's like about great the relief, like back together, we're here. We didn't know what was up ahead, did we? The challenges that we were that we we're about to face, uh, we faced it though. It was just a rough first twelve months, the heat. Of course, yeah. Like we had to deal with, we had to fight yeah. for our freedom to live up here. Of yeah. what the entire, but we had to make that decision for what was best for our family, our family unit. Yeah. We made that decision to pack up the leave yeah. and then face the consequences when we got here. Yeah. And we did have to face the consequences. We did fight for our family and we won for our family. Uh, that was. Massive turmoil, and do we want to just then now talk about where we're up, where we're at? It. Yeah. So we spent, I spent about eighteen months working for my old colleague, and I look back at it with two varying opinions. You remind me of the first one, as that it happened for a reason, and then I look back on it as. Just time where I dulled myself, my light down and sort of shrunk a bit, hit as a man and didn't actually stand up and speak. So that was a really formative period of time for me because if you look back the entire history, you know, this is this was the first time we we both landed in the place of our own decision. So no parents around, no family. We were here by oh, ourselves. Oh, no exterior influences. No exterior influences, but no ex- exterior support. No matter how small or large that support was, there was no net to be caught by. And we we got up here, and then I. Through those formative 18 months, I managed to build up the courage to go back into our thing. And yeah, that that only really happened back July 2022. So yeah, from May 2021, July 22. It was that it was that really like is this all we come up here to Brisbane to just me work 40 hours somewhere and not enjoy life in Brisbane. Yeah. And 
don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I had there. It provided the stability and the security that I needed to move you up here. But it was time to move on. Yeah, it's not the path anymore. I didn't take action early enough, which is very like me, much like me, the preview. Going back to the uh, time that you had to say, what are you doing, Pete? You actually go, go up to Brisbane and I thought, well, okay, you know, I'm going to get in the car and drive it. Uh, you know, this happened again to me, so I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that I've got to make decisions quicker. <laughs> I will make decisions quicker and trust my intuition. And, uh, I don't want the universe would present you opportunities and you pass them a couple yeah. of times, you'd sort of toss them aside. Yeah. So then the universe was like, okay, I'm going to promotion up over the arm. But no one up, so you have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I already know that because I've had things like that happen to me where I had owned an arm that yeah. meant something more just horseshoeing. Yeah, so I'm getting getting better at feeling the push before the push is too hard, and before it's a shove. Out of six to call it a car going down the highway. Uh, but now we are, and we're both back in business together. Together, yeah. Doing the fit fam thing, we have a lot to look forward to we've uh, released our fit fan cookbook yeah so last year we talked about it and uh, through all of this we're like yeah we've got to like what all these recipes that we've got we've done these reels and yeah. um the kids join in with the reels and they've got their own recipes and their own ways of doing these things oh yeah start the how heaven and glory is all about yes so. we set ourselves document one recipe a week yeah real format yeah and then we got to July, I was still working at this job and then I made the break from the job and then it was kind of like, wow, well, we started started the year with a lot of energy, but we lost our focus and now all of this space came about. It gave us the opportunity to bring those those elements of our family together and package it up into something that was going to be beautifully received. We didn't know it yet, but... We had no idea the, the want, the need, the desire that everyone had for this cookbook. Yeah. Uh, and we thought, we're just going to make this cookbook and see what happens. And then we put it out there and the demand was huge. So we're like, okay, we've got to get this right. Yep. We've got to do this. And then it's been a knock-on effect from the Fit, the Fit Fam cookbook into um, what's going to come with Six Fan yep. uh, workouts. We've got a few workouts already but we're gonna do even better ones yeah um and they that all tie into our family values you know getting up on a weekend getting outside and getting comes at evil yeah making sure that we had fun yummy quick easy meals readily yeah. available we all mumbly and all dadly on instagram so dad in itself is we train, we eat, we sleep to be the best team player we can be in our family so that our whole family wins the gate of life. Yeah, it's huge. Like, it's, yeah. it's huge for we look at our, our family or what we do as a job, as a mum and a dad, as a mother and a father, and we do look, life, we do look at it like we are athletes in that zone. So you think about athletes and you're probably thinking about running tracks and um, all this kind of thing, but we we eat that we we sleep for to make sure that we can get up with good energy 
we eat yes. so that we have that sustained energy so we're not snapping at our kids as much. We have more patience, we have more connectedness. We have more organizations to know what we're doing and where we're going. As parents, to lead, we have to lead them. Yeah. So we are the athletes in this family that lead yeah. our little kid leads. Yes. Our little kitty athletes, so then they can have the best chance well, at life. Yeah, and it's to me always ready. I think that's a really cool way of thinking is that they're always ready to do whatever the family wants to do. Like, for example, the other day, Logie wants to run the school. I'm not tired, cranky dad that has a sore knee. Monday-itis, yeah. Monday-itis. I just run to school with her and that gives her the confidence and the ability to know that, well, dad's doing it next to me. I can do it too. I'm not going to give up even though it's painful. Uh, even though it's pushing her, it's an uncomfortable feeling. She's she's learning that resilience through the it uh, it's just doing doing the the resilience. Uh, she's assimilating it from me, right? And, and then there's situations where she comes home with a move from dance, and she wants to practice the move with you or gymnastics or acrobatics. Uh, with you. Yeah, and that I can say, can you cartwheel, mummy? She said that to me the other day. Can you come, can you do a handstand or a baby yeah. giggle? Because yeah. I was like, yes, I can. And then I did it. And I was like, whoa, that was good. And there's a split jump <laughs> on the trampoline. There's countless examples. Yeah. But, um, but even with Miri, like, growing older after this. And she's a, she loves hip hop. And she will even recite the pillars of hip hop the the graffiti art, the DJ, the emceeing. And in the mathematics right now, she's wrapping her mathematics yeah. equation. Yeah. <laughs> at this point in time, when you have a daughter that's maturing, it's very common to have abrasion between mum and daughter. Now, I see you connect with Niri, with her choreography from dance, doing it with her, teaching her, challenging her. And even though she sometimes gets her ego up, she knows that you know what you're talking about because you walk that tall. And so even I want to make the point that it's not even about having dance history or having yeah. the run history or something, but it's also about it. I, I know, we know that if our sleep is out of alignment or we haven't been like prepping our good food, we've been eating out too often, we haven't been consistent with our training, it's all off, right? The whole family's off and so then therefore you don't have that energy, you don't have that space, that capacity for when your child comes to you with an issue or a problem or uh, you know something happening at school. Yep. You, if you are on track and you're maintaining all of those reading habits to be a mum leader and dad leader, you are there present going okay yeah i remember what it was like to be a kid i'm not so far off and old and injured and tired and out of it that i can't sit here with you and go yeah i remember what that was like that was hard you know if i was back there again this is how i would handle this differently or you know do you need an easy listen do you need some advice or do you need help? Like yep. I will have that clarity to ask those sort of questions and have that sort of compassion and patience yep. um, and pre being present. Yep. If I didn't have all the rest of that lined up if we, with the principles of being a mum lead, yep. 
yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to be there for them and carry them the best that I can. Yeah. And it's, just, it's that awareness, isn't it? It's the awareness of when we do go off track, we see the repercussions and, we've and we're aware of the the misalignment. We're aware of, oh, okay, shit, we've been spending too much time binging some new Netflix show at 10 p.m. at night. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. and we've constantly. Yes. Oh, we've been to too many parties. Yeah. Uh, we need to bring yeah. it back. Yeah. yeah. So it's not as though we're perfect, but we do, uh, we are hyper aware, and that's what we try to put out there is that we cure like everyone else. We have fights, we make mistakes, we say things that we don't like to say, and then we say sorry for that. But I think our it, foundation uh, is foundation there. there of understanding that everyone is responsible for their own self-care but everyone else everyone can help each other with that self-care is what fit band's all about it's it's the kids getting in the kitchen uh because they are responsible for the food that they eat and they're going to carry that throughout their entire life and they're going to give that to their next the, 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 their kids uh, that they are responsible as well for suggesting an activity to do outside uh, and just as much as we are responsible to call them away from the screens when they want to stay on the screen instead or watch TV as soon as they get up in the morning yeah yeah it is our our responsibility to lead from example and that, leave from the front there's one more thing that you said to me that I want to finish off this is off this is BB finishing we've got more to say go for it but you said when you moved up to Brisbane, you wanted where you lived to feel like a holiday. Yeah. And would you agree that this feels like a holiday for people? Yeah, for sure. I agree. I, I, I think this is like the most beautiful place that you could live in Australia. It's maybe off a bit biased. But for most families, they connect when they're already a holiday. And then you go through the year, you work really hard, and then you plan a holiday away and because and we see this all the time most families have a lot on throughout the school term and they eventually get this time away but when that time away is booked the environment might not be right the company might not be right and then the family splits off into that you know, the kids are over here and the adults are over there drinking um, because everyone's just like oh please give me some some downtime they're burnt out so what we want to do with fifth then is to really encourage that connection time that you think you're going to get when you go on holidays to bring that into everyday life so when you do go on holidays you're practiced you have that the structures in place the routines in place to really enjoy that holiday how many people have come to us in the past and said I've got this holiday come out, I better get in shape for it. And you and I both though, when you diet and when you try to get in shape for something, you're not you're not operating your best because you're focused on this one thing we give and you, that doesn't even it doesn't either ever end up happening. Um one of you always ready and, and you know, practice the stuff that keeps you connected, keeps you healthy, keeps you uh, functioning your best all day long. So that when you do go on holidays you can yeah. Have a good time. And, yeah. Enjoy yourself. Without actually feeling like I'm so easiest and I'm so little. Yeah. If without, you know, trying to take the edge off with 
things that don't actually take me to just make make sure by the end of it how many people have said to us as well and we we could eat, we've been experienced that we're on holiday and you need a holiday for cod right so the epitome the pinnacle of fit fan is that we will run fit fan retreats probably that's the goal that's the goal that's where we're going yeah so we've got the cookbook over here to bring it into everyday life and then we've got these retreats that we want to run where families can come and have 10 minute time together or learn what that actually is and how to actually practice that you know, family meetings cooking in the kitchen um, activity activities getting on the top ropes yeah and you know pushing uh and and cheering and supporting and what i envision to be a family holiday, something that I would have liked in my child, but I think that's where it all comes back to sleep. And also, like what I've read in books and uh, about adult and peer orientation, you want to bring your kids back from being so friend orientated, and you want them to come back to you and hold on to them as long as you, as long as you can. And the book is uh, "Hold On to Your Kids," is exactly what it's called, and it talks about. When you go on a holiday, it's meant to bring you back together and bring you and connecting more, communicating more, and having fun together. The the holiday is not meant to have a break from each other. Right. So that's the end of the episode. Do you have anything more you want to add to that? Depending on when you listen to this, if you go check out the website. Whatever website's up in the description at the time. We've got the thinmymethod.com right now. We've also got the fitbandcookbook.com. And you'll see you will see a waiting list for this retreat or you will see the retreat open. And if you're interested in coming together as a family, learning real skills that you can take back into your own life and apply them to make your family better and, and to steer them in the direction you want to steer uh, the ship then put your name down on the waiting list sign up do whatever you need to do to get people to be able to look forward to we're really looking forward to running these uh, it's going to be epic okay and stay tuned for uh, season 3 this is coming up yeah. so fun so yeah Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. You can find all the relevant links, including socials, in the description section of this podcast. If you want to find out more information about how I can help you build your best body after babies, then visit my website, www.thefitmummethod.com for more info. Lastly, before you leave here today, if you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe and share so you can help me to reach out to those mamas that also need to listen too.